Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. Let's go out to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. Happy to be joined by Jack. You know him better as J Fresh Hockey on Twitter. He's joining us now via the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line here on BK and Ferrario. Jack, we appreciate the time, man. How you doing today? I'm not doing too bad. How about you? Uh, doing very well. So we wanted to get your thoughts, Jack, because we're we're starting to get into the off-season mode with the St. Louis Blues. Where do you view the Blues as needing to improve going into next year? Because it was obviously a successful season in so many different ways for this team. But uh, when your season ends before the Stanley Cup final, you're looking to improve. Where do you think that place is that they need to be looking? Well, I think the the blue line would be the first place to look uh, in terms of where they need a little bit of help. I, I think it got exposed a bit against the ads. You know, maybe the the acquisition made of the deadline didn't really address what the real underlying problems with it was. And, you know, you look at their results from last year, the goal scoring numbers are real gaudy, but the, the defensive numbers were, were pretty rough. And, and I think we saw them get a bit exposed in that second round. So, if, if they're going to make any big moves and, and really try to stake themselves out as a as a continuing contender, I, th- I think the first place they need to start is is making sure that their top four is solidified and, and that there isn't that big kind of gaping hole next to Colton Pareko. So, Jack, this has been like the ongoing mystery for us here in St. Louis, trying to figure out who that guy is. Like Nick Letty, we thought looked great with the Blues for the short sample size that we saw, but at the end, they still got beat by the Colorado Avalanche. The names that we've brought up in the past, guys like a Jacob Chikrin trade or maybe an Ivan Provorov or a Travis Sanheim. Uh, is Is there a type of defenseman or a player specifically that you feel like would make the most sense and realistic for the Blues to get? I think it just depends on acquisition costs and, and how much the Blues are willing to give up because I think it's pretty evident at this point that uh, that that Pareko has been cast as the number one defenseman on this team and there are plenty of questions to be had about whether he can be the number one defenseman on, on a contending team so or on a cup contending team at least uh, and you know if, if that's so, if that's the role that he's going to play then you know, do you trust him to be able to carry maybe a lesser partner where you can maybe dip into the bargain bin and, and get somebody like a like a Brett Kulak, for example, who's more of a supportive piece? Or do you want to go all out and get a guy like, you know, Jacob Chikrin, who obviously they've had a lot of interest in, uh, Travis Sanheim, who I think would maybe lessen the load on Pareko to, to focus more on, on defense because Sanheim is, is more of a dynamic offensive player. Um, you know, with Provorov, I think, there's maybe a little bit of redundancy between what he and and, and Pareko bring to the table, where, you know, maybe, you know, he, he might solidify things a bit, but I don't know if he would necessarily bring anything new to the table. 
but I, I do think that there's an argument to be made that the Blues do need, do need to do something a little dramatic here, and they do have some prospect pieces who may not necessarily be blue chips, but who would be, I think, expendable considering their timeline and maybe their contention window. Jack, if there aren't options on the trade market and we look towards the free agency market, I'm terrified because none of these guys seem like they are legit top pairing defensemen on the left side. Among this year's free agent class, are there any guys that you think make sense for the Blues in that spot? No, I, I think I, I agree with you that there really isn't anything too inspiring if they need to go with the kind of higher end player. Like if they're looking at players like like your Chikrins or like you know your Sandheims or, or Provorovs, then you're certainly not going to find anything like that in free agency. And, and if there's one kind of player that tends to get overpaid as a UFA, it is a defenseman, and you know especially one who can play big minutes uh, and. You know, it's like you look at guys like Ben Sherrod, for example, oh. who the Blues were apparently very interested in at the trade deadline. He, I, I think, doesn't bring what they need. I, I think that he would be, again, the good parts of his game would be pretty redundant next to Pareko, and I don't think he really unlocks anything new, and, and he's probably going to get a lot of money uh, in the offseason because clearly GMs value him a lot. If you want to get a defenseman for this team, I, I think the guy who that they who they would be replacing would be kind of Nick Letty at the bottom of the lineup. And, you know, there are always decent bottom pairing defensemen available in free agency. Oftentimes you can sneak one who maybe is undervalued and you can get him fairly cheap. But unless, again, you really, really trust Colton Pareko to take the next step and establish himself as a truly elite number one defenseman, I don't know if those are the guys that you want to be looking for to, to fill the hole at the top of the lineup. Jack, I want to go back to something you mentioned about the prospects that could be traded. Uh, I think we know the obvious ones in the Zachary Boldukes, the Jake Neighbors, the Scott Perunovic, but are there other names that you feel like other teams might look at and say, hey, this might be worth trading something big? Yeah, I, I would say probably not. I mean, the Blues, I think, are in a zone with quite a few teams where they have a couple decent draft picks that they got Look, you know, closer to the end of the first round or maybe in the second round that are available. But I think they are going to have to cobble some pieces together if they're going to make a big splash for, for a big piece. Because, you know, if you have guys like Chikrin or like Provorov in particular uh, on the trade block, there's going to be a lot of teams looking to get them. And you're going to be competing with the, you know, the Los Angeles Kings and Detroit Red Wings of the world. And, and they certainly have more robust prospect pools with a lot more blue chippers than the Blues do. So, you know, this might have to be kind of a quantity for quality type of deal if they are going to make a splash and then try to get kind of a blockbuster uh, top pairing D. Jack, what do you think the value is of Vladimir Tarasenko if the Blues were to make him available on the open market? That That's an excellent question because I, I, you know, I think everybody, I think it's pretty fair to say, was surprised by how well they did or what, how well he did this season, you know, career high in points. I don't think anybody was expecting that. Um but I think, you know, the injury concerns still haven't necessarily gone away. He still has the huge ticket contract. Uh, and, you know, I, I think it's fair to say that he benefited quite a bit in terms of his goal scoring from, you know, playing with some very talented playmakers, where if you move him to a team that maybe doesn't have as much of that going on, you know, maybe he's not going to produce as much. So, you know, his value is certainly a lot higher than it was last year. Uh, but I'm I'm wondering whether they're going to be able to get a big piece for it. Maybe from, you know, a team like the Flames, for example, if they end up losing Gaudreau 
uh, and or Kachuk, you know, maybe they might be a team that would that would look at him seriously, and maybe they would be able to give up a, a good piece for it. But yeah, Tarasenko, you know, last year he was a very confusing, or last summer, excuse me, he was a very confusing player in terms of his value because he seemed like a good player, but his trade value was so negative. At this point, I think he's introduced a lot more questions into the mix, but I, I, I'm no closer to getting a real <laughs> handle on how exactly teams are going to value him around the league. All right, Jack, you mentioned one of the names that uh, we have spent so much time talking about here in St. Louis, and that's Matthew Kachuk. And I'm going to throw another one in also, and one we just found out recently with David Pasternak. Of those two, this offseason, who do you feel like would be more likely and doable for the Blues to trade for? Well, that is a... Matthew Kachuk is really an interesting one. I mean, obviously... He has all the connections to St. Louis. I'm sure he would love to play there, um, and, and I'm sure that he would be willing to re-sign long-term. Uh, and because he's kind of a pending RFA now, as opposed to Pasternak, who, you know, if the Bruins can't sort out a contract with him, then, you know, maybe you'll be waiting a while, uh, and, and then they'd be willing to be patient with him and maybe wait until the deadline. Um, the thing is with Pasternak that, you know, he would be, I think, pretty electrifying if you put him next to Robert Thomas, for example. Uh, you know, I think he would fit in really well there. Uh, with, I mean, with a guy like Matthew Kachuk, you're going to have to pay a lot for him. And I, you put a guy like that on the market, and I guess the same is probably true with Pasternak too. You know, you're talking about a lot of teams that are going to be putting a huge amount on the table, especially teams that are kind of in that middle zone and trying to t- uh, take the leap into being contenders. And you know, it's the same problem as, as anything, where the Blues have an awful lot of quantity in terms of assets that they can give up but not a huge amount of quality. And, you know, you, you hate to t- think about them potentially losing a player like like a Jordan Cairo in that kind of trade. But, you know, that might be the kind of player that, that the Flames or the Bruins were asking for. Uh, and, and that makes it a really tricky decision for for the Blues to make. That was my follow-up because Jordan Cairo is, is that's the blue chip talent, right? The Blues have one guy available that might potentially be dangled in trade talks, and it's probably him. And he's got legit 35 plus goal production as the the ceiling probably for what he can be. If I said over the next like four to five years, you can have Jordan Cairo and take into account the salary. Cause that's obviously an important factor in these conversations or David Posternock. And he's probably going to be closer to like $9 million where Cairo is more in that five to $6 million range. Which of those do you think is the more valuable player to have given what the trajectory could be for both players? Well, I mean, Cairo is just you know, such an electrifying player, and, and I, I wonder whether we've seen, you know, the, the max of what he's able to do. Uh, you know, he took a huge leap this year, obviously. There's still all kinds of questions about, you know, defense and stuff like that that, that tend to be on the table for, for young, talented, kind of rush-oriented wingers. But, you know, I mean, this is a guy who I think, like Robert Thomas, you know, has really kind of sky's the limit potential, especially as he moves further and further up the lineup for the Blues. So if you take the contract into account, and I think a huge priority for the Blues this summer, you know, assuming they don't trade them away, is uh, locking up uh, Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo to long-term contracts. I I think that that should be their number one priority this summer. Uh, You know, when you factor in the cap considerations, when you factor in age and all that kind of stuff, I I think it's very possible that, that Jordan Cairo ends up being the more valuable asset over the next you know, five or six years or so than, than David Pasternak, which is saying a lot because obviously Pasternak is, 
an incredibly talented goal scorer. Jack, one more that I wanted to ask you about, and it's a guy that you brought up on, on your Twitter account uh, yesterday when the news broke from Edmonton, Jesse Puliyarvi. Uh, this is a player that you come to, to Valerie Nachushkin in terms of, you know, not struggling with one team and might need a change of scenery. Do you think that that player would match and do well with the St. Louis Blues? I think he could do well there. I, 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 the thing with Puliyarvi is that he's a real, you know, he's a real hardworking player, good forechecker, good battler, gets into the slot. You know, he he kind of he gets he moves the puck in the right direction of the ice. You know what, what what analytics people would call, you know, play driving. Like he may not, you know, he's not the most graceful skater of all time. You know his his shot leaves a whole lot to be desired, and I think he he left a, he left a lot of goals on the table, uh, even playing with a playmaker as good as Connor McDavid this season, um, which I think is one of the reasons that he's potentially on the way out is that the Oilers are are frustrated with his lack of goal scoring. Um, the Blues are obviously a, a very efficient scoring team. I think they were uh, top in the league in shooting percentage this season, uh, fairly high last year. They moved the puck really well. Uh, you know, it, so I, the answer of, of could they use a player like Jesse Poliarvi? I think any team in the league could use a player like, like Jesse Poliarvi. Uh, and I, I would imagine that he's probably going to get traded this summer uh, if he does get traded at, at below what he's worth just because of his lack of production. And it's very possible that we could see a repeat of the Valeri Nichushkin situation where Nichushkin was a guy who had, you know, excellent uh, underlying metrics and everything, but he just couldn't put the puck in the net for the stars. They bought him out and uh, the rest has been history with the abs where he's turned into a really useful top six player. That, does that mean that Poliarvi is going to be a star? No, not necessarily, but he can be a useful player for anybody, and especially if a guy like uh, David Perron ends up not being re-signed by the Blues, then he could fit a hole in the lineup pretty well. Follow up on that: What do you think the cost would be to acquire a player like Puyarvi? It's it's tough because you know it, it seems like he wasn't very valued in Edmonton based on how he's getting talked about, especially in the media right now. His counting stats aren't anything special, and you know especially when you factor in how much time he spent with Connor McDavid this year. Uh, I think a lot of teams will probably scoff at that and, and say, you know, he, this guy couldn't even produce next to the best player in the world. So, you know, that value might be low. It, it could be, you know, second round pick. It could be an okay prospect. You know, maybe Edmonton is looking for a low cost roster player. Um, it all depends, I guess, on the extent to which there's a bidding war because we've seen very good players, you know, for example, Devon Taves a couple of years ago, you know, all the analytics were screaming that this guy was going to be an elite defenseman. And the Islanders end up, you know, all they could get for him was two second-round picks from Colorado. So, you know, a, a guy like Pugliarvi, all it takes is for a couple teams to really value him highly. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if he goes for less than he's worth.